Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey guys, welcome back to Brown Ambition. It's Mandy. Hey, hey, hey. And you already know it's me, Tiffany. We've had a pretty exciting week. I feel like the last week has been pretty big for both of us. Tiffany just had a birthday. Happy birthday, Tiffany. Woop woop. Thank you. <laughs> Happy 21st birthday. <laughs> you know, when I was little, my mom, she turned 39. And then literally for 10 years straight, she was 39. It took me a while to catch on. I was like, wait, you're 39 again? <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> going to stick with 29 and I'm never going to get older. You don't look a day over 22. (laughs) What'd you do for your birthday? I went to the Bahamas on a budget, of course, because you know I'm the budget nista. $422, woot woot, for flight and hotel. That's awesome. Yeah, it was really beautiful. There's a beach in the Bahamas um, in Freeport. I guess that's the, no, Grand Bahama Island where they taped uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. And it was hands down the most beautiful beach I've seen ever. And it was empty because we went during off season. So it's like six miles of pristine, beautiful beach. And it was just me and my my travel friend, Madeline. Wasn't there just a hurricane there? Yeah, I think. Uh, what was it like? No, you know what? There, um, they, I think some of the other islands, because the Bahamas is like a mix of like six different islands. And so the, some of the other islands um, kind of got the brunt of the hurricane. But where I was, they had not. Okay, good. Yeah. That sounds amazing. I saw some of your pictures. They were so beautiful. Yeah, it was just, honestly, it's, just, it's like literally just what I needed. Well, I too went to an exotic destination this past, <laughs> <laughs> this past week. You know, my goal for 2015 was to just like get the upper half of my body to be the same shade as the lower half of my body. Because I feel like since I moved to New York from Georgia, I've never had an even, I have not had an even tan. Like my legs have turned a shade of pale yellow that I feel like does not exist outside of like a crayon box or like among Muppets. And uh, so, you know, naturally I went to Wisconsin for Ooh. one of the few days I take off a year. This is actually, you know, for a really cool reason. My sister Mallory, I uh, love her very much. She got married yes, on Friday. They were so beautiful. I was like, oh, look at you and your sister. And the picture of her, like in the black and white, standing in the room, it was like so beautiful. I know. Like a fairy tale bride. It was really pretty. She had she had this whole like 60s, like June Carter Cash hairstyle and she got her makeup done. And I am like very much like I don't really cry and I don't really get emotional. Um, so it was really fun to just like get to be in that girly environment. I've never been a bridesmaid before either. Really? No, <laughs> no. I have friends, but like 
Or they like don't want okay, to be gonna start a hashtag, y'all. So at V8 Podcast, that's our um our Twitter handle. And I want you to hashtag uh, um Mandy, I'm your friend. Mandy with the I. Mandy Listen, I'm I have friends, <laughs> they just haven't gotten married yet. Nobody nobody from Georgia moves to New York to get married. That's why my friends haven't gotten married yet. I had a really good time. And now I'm back and I um I'll start with some uh Let's start with Buzzworthy. Okay. I have to talk about this because before I left for my trip this past week, one of the last things I wrote was a response to this article, this essay that Jennifer Lawrence wrote um, for Lena Dunham's new newsletter, you know, Lenny. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not really a fan. But anyway, so Lena Dunham has a new newsletter. She's getting a bunch of celebrities. She's had like Hillary Clinton write stuff and be you know, interviewed by her. And now she's got Jennifer Lawrence coming out for the first time ever and talking about what it was like for her. Um, I don't know if you remember, but so a few months back, like this summer, Sony, the, the huge production studios was hacked. And these emails came out revealing that Jennifer Lawrence and Amy Adams were paid like half as much wow. as Bradley Cooper and Jeremy Renner were in the movie American Hustle, which came out last February or last December or last Christmas. And Jennifer Lawrence never really talked about it until this letter. And she essentially writes, you know, here's what it was like. It was shitty. Like the guys with dicks got raises and it was great for them. And she, what she says is basically like, I wasn't upset with Sony when I realized this. I was upset with myself. I blame myself for, like, leaving the negotiation table, and I should have stopped for myself. And she, like, kind of says, um, you know, like, gives the middle finger to gender bias. You know, she talks about how when she stands up for herself, people act as if, you know, she's insulted them or she's not being a team player. And she's like, fuck that. I'm going to say what I want to say when I want to say it. I'm done trying to find the adorable way to be assertive. But I think what's strange is, like, "Mm," I mean, I, I... agree that you definitely want to take as as a woman you know we don't negotiate nearly as much but don't act as if if you had negotiated you still probably would have not gotten what what the guys got you know what i mean well that's the thing people ask me like doesn't she have an agent doing this for her yeah and i'm like probably but i guess maybe maybe it was a situation where the agent was like oh she's a woman this is what she's worth you know and i'm like in that case i hope she fired him yeah, exactly. I mean, that's just crazy. That let me tell you. So I'm, I'm on this uh, tour, this Know Your Value tour, um, by MSNBC, and I don't know if you know Mika Brzezinski. I so do. she has this show on MSNBC called um, what is that show called? Oh, Morning Joe. Morning Joe. So she's got this co-host Joe, and she started this tour because of this reason right here. So she has this co-host, co- cohort, cohort, co-host Joe, and she and he are really equally important on this show. And she found out, uh, she just casually, I don't know how it came out, she found out after negotiating and uh, their show was like number one, is doing so great. She found out that he was making, get ready for this, not one times more, not two, not five, but 14, one, four times more than her. 14 times more. How is that even possible? Mm-hmm. Her, co- She was like, wait, what? <laughs> and <laughs> so she started this whole know your value tour to really teach women kind of like how not to be well first in- she wrote the book yes and yeah, yeah the book yes yeah, the book came out first but 
it just it was really shocking. Here's this woman. She's beautiful. She's smart. She's got this great show. And you're thinking like she's on top of the world. 14 times more her co-host was making. And so don't tell me that's just the lack of like, oh, I didn't just negotiate. That's just crazy. You know? Right. And I think what she, you know, I I interviewed Mika for Yahoo when her book came out, Know Your Value. And I like what she had to say. And I feel like I've heard this again and again. And I've even experienced this in my career is the importance of having a male mentor Mm. or not just, you know, the word mentor is so like loaded. I'm not talking about someone who's like your Yoda and takes you aside and like shows you the meaning of life um, and is there for you every day. But just someone who you can go to and say, hey, so, you know, what's like Joe or, or Mike, like, how much did you make when you were starting yep. out? What, you know, what did you make when, when you were on my level? What are you making now? And like, that's the bar that you want to rise to, because sadly enough, oftentimes men make so much more. Mm-hmm. That, that's who you should be. You know, that's the bar you should try and, and try and strive for. And when Mika found that out, she makes a big deal about talking about in the book. She went to Joe and asked him for negotiating strategies. I, in, the, in Jennifer Lawrence's letter, she writes basically like, you know, screw you, gender bias. I'm going to say whatever I want. And Mika, too, was like, well, Joe's like, screw you to everybody and like cursing at them doesn't care doesn't give a you know a crap what how people view him um, which is all great and I want to be like girl power middle finger to gender bias like get what you want go in there and ask for what you deserve but unfortunately and this is where I feel like Jennifer Lawrence missed the mark in her letter and this (laughs) is what I write about in my story um, for Yahoo which is that studies show there are real social and professional consequences for women when they speak up for themselves in a work yes Um, people are more are, people are less likely studies have shown to want to work with a woman who speaks up for herself especially when it comes to her salary mm-hmm. and to work under a woman who speaks up for themselves um, and I find that really disheartening and I, and I think but I think that's reality you know you have to recognize that you can't just take the advice or just like you know just like any man oh my god so many men responded to this like I have over 100 comments on Facebook for this article and so many like guys are like why should we feel sorry for women who just don't know how to negotiate just like speak up for yourself just like ask for it it's not that easy it's not like if I ask for if I go in a room and I say hey I deserve half a million dollars you know and I want like I don't know the stock options put me on a board like give me my own office as a woman people are going to think wow she's kind of greedy she's kind of full of herself as a man you're like oh well maybe you know he deserves it he's like even now like you know as an entrepreneur setting my prices sometimes it's a bit like scary because you know it's almost like you know because I do a lot of community work so people tend to feel like oh okay it should be free right Tiffany's free even though I see her flying all over the place and teaching and speaking and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, somebody will hit me up and they're like, oh, eh, so that's your price. Or I'll get like behind the scenes. Or this is what I get a lot, which is so strange. People who have just met me at an event will just say, hey, girl, um, you can give me a call real quick. And I'm like, who who is this? And they're just asking me to call them for like financial advice. Like, but I don't know them. And mm-hmm. I just think to myself, man, if I was a guy, would that be, would you? And I don't think people are doing it to be, purposefully disrespectful of my time and like this is the business that I'm in but I feel like as a woman sometimes it's like wait you charge oh so I just can't talk to you on the phone I'm like I'm running a business right you know and so and then I feel bad sometimes I'm like well should I I mean even now I take way more calls than I should I know that because I feel bad saying no I feel greedy like well Tiffany help them and even though I have built so many different avenues for people to get help for free I still find myself giving away even more of myself for free. So it's difficult whether you have a regular nine to five or whether or not you're an entrepreneur. 
I mean, when did you get to the point where you felt like you were asking for what you deserve in terms of like the fees you're charging? Um, about a month ago. (laughs) (laughs) And you've been doing this for a long time. I know. I've been in business for five years. And this, it wasn't even me. This is what happened. So this huge organization, this national organization was like, hey, Tiffany, we want you to speak at five different locations with us. Send me how much it would cost per location. So meanwhile, I mean, bear in mind that this has been a banner year for me. So like last year, my highest rate was like 1500. And I thought that was big money. So I thought to myself, I was asking everybody that I knew that had no real experience, what do you think I should charge? In my heart, I wanted to ask for $5,000 per talk. So five times five, 25,000. But I was like, there's no way they're going to give me that. That's way too much money, Tiffany. But I was like, I really wanted to ask for that. And so I kind of like asked around and decided to play it safe and ask for $3,500 per talk, which was still huge because my talk is like 45 minutes. And I thought, well, still big money, Tiffany, right? Man, I submitted my $3,500 per talk. They said yes. And then I met the woman who kind of like is like the... She's a global, what was her position? Like global something, communications director or whatever. And she pulled me aside. She's a woman of color. Pulled me aside and said, oh, Tiffany, I wish you would have asked me about the rates first. Because they told me to tell them how much. She's like, before you sent out that email, because I had to send it out to a number of people and everyone saw it. She said, honestly, for what you are providing for us, we pay between ten dollars to $15,000 a mm. talk. So <laughs> I could have gotten paid minimum was it too late to go back no it was i could pay fifty thousand dollars and instead i'm getting fourteen thousand from fifty thousand minimum do you feel like you just weren't asking the right people in terms of what your rate should have been oh yeah of course because i didn't know who to ask honestly i'm in i feel like i'm in this this new waiting pool where most of my friends have regular nine to fives or they're like beginning um entrepreneurs and my business is not to say their business is not growing but they're not in the same business as I am like one of my best friends she's a really successful publicist but she's not a speaker so she's like I don't know you know if Mm -hmm. I was doing publicity work she'd know and so and even when the woman this is how crazy even when the woman told me Tiffany you should have asked between 10 and 15 15,000 I actually told her no I said oh no no no, me, Tiffany, there's no way. You guys are not paying that. She's like, Tiffany, I'm the one who okays the budget. How are you going to tell me no? <laughs> Can you imagine? And, I'm, and, and like, it took me like 24 hours to digest. Like, yes, Tiffany, they would have paid you that. Because I kept thinking, they're not going to pay me that. And she's like, yes, this is what we pay. That's and, the point when you have to talk to someone who's like, who you may not know personally, mm-hmm. but you know who is at a higher level than you. Exactly. So I went right to my website that night and I increased my rates to, Mm -hmm. so like my top rate now is $12,000 and it goes down from there. I increased my rates right away. So I told myself, this is it because if they're telling me this, this is what my worth is, how am I, you know, pushing against it saying, no, I'm worth one third of that. Not even, you know? Right. I I recently had a conversation with someone like, um, you know, someone who's in the same field as I am. I was asking her because she just got a great promotion. Mm -hmm. She had a a very glossy new title. And I was like, man, she must be making a lot more. And I I wanted to figure out how she had done it. I just I just ask a lot of awkward questions. I'm I'm known for like asking people, how much do you make? How is that negotiation? Whatever. I just ask weird questions. And I asked her straight up, you know, you got this great promotion. First of all, how did you do it? Well, she had a competing offer from another um, another company, which is great leverage. Mm-hmm. And then I said, okay, great. Uh, how much do you make now? And she and I are pretty close in our um, 
you know, in, in our levels. We work in different fields, but close in our responsibilities and in our, in our duties. And she earns less than I do now. What? Despite having this promotion. And I was like, uh, what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> well, first I was like, okay, good. Because I was almost, you know, I negotiated the hell out of, um, you know, the last couple of job offers I've had. And I, and I always tell women that, um, and, and I've learned this from my own experience, is that if you're negotiating a job offer and you are sweating bullets and you're about to shit your pants and you feel like, like your heart is punching you in the throat, then you should add 10%. Because <laughs> I feel like as women, we as women, we tend to pull back when we should be pushing forward. Mm-hmm. And and it's very uncomfortable. And I, I, I can't like count on, on two hands how many women I've told how uncomfortable negotiating can be. And it's never going to be comfortable, like mm-hmm. probably never until you I don't even know when. But like it's always going to feel against every base instinct as a woman to ask for more. And I'm like, you have to embrace that like discomfort. And you have to push through it and ask for more. And um, that was a good example of, um, you know, in this in this the case of my colleague, she in this woman in another company, she um, had it negotiated early, and she was basically negotiating from a lower base than what mm-hmm. I was negotiating from. And that also just goes back to like you need to start early and negotiate hard because like once you get that first offer, that's what every raise is going to be based yeah. off of, you know. I'm so over. <laughs> yeah. Oh, speaking of so over it, I think it's time for brown break, brown break. What you gonna brown do? Break. What you gonna do when we come for you? Oh, yeah, that too. So who needs to have several seats this week? Several seats. How many women are on The View? Because that's who needs to have, I think, four, <laughs> four or five seats. We need a stadium of seats for every woman on The View. All eight of those X chromosomes need to be sat down and silenced. Um, I mostly have a problem. You know, The View, I don't know why they don't cancel this show. It's crazy. It's even still on. I'm not going to lie. Like, I have a job. I don't watch The View. I haven't sat down and watched a full hour of this show um, probably ever in my life. However, I'm a consumer of the internet, and so all the clips and stuff I I see. And recently, the two, I guess the main person on the show right now who's just, like, saying the dumbest shit is Raven Simone. Yeah. So recently on the show, she was talking about, I guess this, this, this whole segment started by, you know, making fun of like YouTube stars, or like um, Internet stars, weird names. And Raven comes out and is just like, you know, let me be real. I would not hire someone with a ghetto name. Says Raven Simone. Simone with a random, with the random fake, accent on the wrong letters. Fake not accent. Yeah. <laughs> ah, Raven Simone. Raven Simone. And I think I think you're the one who uh, who first shared this on Facebook and I saw it and I'm just like, what is happening? <laughs> Why she's doing you know? exactly what they want her to do in terms of like just riling yeah. up people, but like she's so Meanwhile, stupid. I mean, and I'm not one to throw around the word ghetto, blah blah blah. But when Raven, she looks She has pink she, hair. Yes. And like red hair and like fake faux locks and just she is serving water waterman Alicia, whatever the fake name that she created with like raven simone honestly just don't even have several seats just get your coat Mm -hmm. this is a get your coat moment leave the building whoever you brought whoever came with you or who brought you here they're no longer allowed at the party she's just like you said she's just saying stuff just to be ignorant i heard that even her own father was like 
I oh, tried yeah. to write. But. He wrote a really funny thing. He wrote like a dad post on Facebook. He's like, she said some stupid shit, but I still love her. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that is a very dad post. <laughs> that is. That's honestly all I want to say about that. Like, I just think Raven needs to get off the air. Get her off the air. Yeah. She doesn't make good since Cheetah Girls, and I love Cheetah Girls. <laughs> oh, Raven Simone. She was such a cute old That's so Raven. <laughs> um, that was her last successful TV show, and that's where it should have ended. However... Yes. I'm trying to remember. I for, like my memory is like that. I'm like, what was my brown break? Your brown break was going to be Discount Airlines. Yeah, no, but I had a better one. Oh, I remember. Oh, so oh, my brown break this week is kind of like I guess piggybacking on Chrissy Teigen. Um, congratulations to her and um, uh, John Legend that they're preg- preggers. Yay. So mine is linked to the fact that I just turned 36. Yes, get in 22. <laughs> I'm, honestly I'm not even ashamed of my age people okay. are always like what you told someone I'm like yes I'm 36 so what so I don't have any kids although me and the BF Superman are definitely talking about it and about working on it as far as getting married and having children's um, but I mean I get that question when are you going to have kids Tiffany you're getting a little old when are you going to have kids I'm like uh, mind your business I'm just wanting to take a brown break from the whole when are you going to have kids question Fair it's enough. just yeah, it's just intrusive, and you don't know. What if I was trying and I wasn't able? You know, a friend of mine just had a super preemie. He has been trying. He and his wife have been trying for years. Their first set of twins, that when she was first pregnant, she lost them, and then they lost another baby, and she just went into really early labor, and this, her their son is only 23 weeks, and he was only 23 weeks inside um, her, and um, he came out one one pound, seven ounces. Wasn't that what Chrissy Teigen was saying? So she has this new show with, like, I don't know, Tyra Banks and Josie from Yahoo! Hey! Um, <laughs> called The Fab Life. And on the show, she was talking about how people keep asking her, because she's been married for, I guess, a couple of years. I don't mm-hmm. know. And people have been asking her, like, when are you going to have a kid? And I guess they've been having some fertility issues. Yeah. And she said, you know, you don't know our problems, and it's rude that you're asking. Yeah, because, you know, I mean, I'm not having fertility. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I haven't tried. But... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not do that. No, but what if I was? And you're asking and asking. Yeah, so just brown break. For, just mind your business. Mind your business. I feel like this should be dedicated to mothers, yeah, aunties. Mind your business. You remember, just where did that come from? Just mind your business. Just mind your was that Was that Will Smith trying to teach Ashley Banks how to, um, <laughs> how to fight? <laughs> oh, man, maybe. Just mind your business. So, Have you ever I mean, had that awkward karaoke moment where you're like, I'm going to do the Fresh Prince song, and then you realize there's a whole other verse that you never, like, they never yeah, showed nope, in the nope. show? <laughs> <laughs> Just side note on that one. I went to a conference. I didn't talk about this. A couple, like, a, I guess a week or two ago, I was in Montana, uh, another beautiful place mm. in the middle of nowhere. And it was, a, it was a conference full of women, and we, at one point, we were talking about, there, there was a speaker who was talking about how she revolutionized, for, you know, foreign um, correspondence for women journalists, and she spent, like, a long time talking about her career, and I was like, hey, you know, I really would like to know, what did you sacrifice? Do you have a family? How did you, you know, do you have a marriage? Like, what are your, what's your personal life like? Because she only focused on the professional. And someone at my table was like, you know, we never ask a man that. And I'm like, valid however a man does not have a uterus and a man does not have this ticking timeline Mm. of their biology and like i'm all for being feminist and like not asking sexist questions i know but i feel like there is a point when like woman to woman i don't see what the problem is in me asking you a legitimate question about like how you balanced family and work you know what i mean because that's like i feel like that's what women want that's what women want to know 
Yeah. Can we have a baby and be, you know, a CEO or like, I don't know, like a foreign correspondent or whatever? Like, what are the real what's the, what's the reality here? What yeah, are we sacrificing? I was just telling you like today, like we taped a little bit later than usual because I had to make dinner because Superman was like, so you haven't made dinner in a while. And most people would be like, well, so what? He can make his own dinner. Honestly, he always makes dinner. He's gonna, luckily, he doesn't listen to the podcast, so I can go in. He always makes dinner. He always does the laundry. He always does the dishes. He always does the cleaning up. He always makes the bed. I'm like the worst. The only thing I do consistently is my my business, the budgetista. And sometimes I like look up after 12 hours of like working on the computer or tending to my business, and I'm like, what have you done to add to the household? Nothing. <laughs> and he's always so good and kind about it, but then every once in a while, he's like babe, I wish you'd make dinner. So I was like, you know what? I'm not going to say I've got work to do because I always have work to do, mm-hmm. you know? And so I don't want to lose. This is such a great relationship because everyone else I've been with has been like, you know, like, oh, Tiffany, you and this budgetista business. But he's really supportive. So I really try to listen when he's like, okay, enough already. Like, just put, like, even after we get off the podcast today, I'm going to close the computer for once in my life. I'm going to go downstairs and watch whatever show he's watching and just hang out and, like, help him fold clothes because he's doing laundry right now. Because, you know, I just, I don't want to sacrifice everything. Like, I see Oprah and I think to myself, wow, you know, Oprah didn't have kids. And she made a conscious decision not to have children because she said she knew she couldn't do both, be, be Oprah and be a good mother. She had to decide. And I don't want Oprah status if it comes um, with me having to decide not to have a family. Alrighty, let's move along to tips. Tips, tips, tips. Tips, man. Tips, man. Well, this week, Tiffany wrote a really fun um, and I think insightful. I'm all about being real. I'm all when people ask me, like, how much do you make? How do you afford living in New York? I always tell the truth. And I like that you put out there on Facebook, like your entire you just like threw out your budget. Like I'm the budget Nista. Here's how my life works. So I wanted to talk to you, like and, and both of us actually just like sharing tips on how to maintain like a good lifestyle. While still, you know, being within our, our prospective budgets. Yeah, that, I mean, honestly, to me, it starts with number one, live simply. Like, I don't live a fancy life. I think I, think, I wrote on Facebook that, like, I still drive my 99 Toyota Camry, which I got like eight years ago. So it's not like I got it new, but I paid for it in full. It was $4,000, I remember. And it still runs great, honestly. Camrys are really great cars, sidebar. Mm, and but Tiffany, <laughs> what if I don't want to drive an old car and I want to go on trips and travel? Well, I say this, that you can't have everything at the same time necessarily. Like, not even necessarily. It's just not possible. You can't have all things at the same time. You have to ask yourself, well, what do I want now? And then what do I want later? Like, Oprah is like, I can't have a baby and do Oprah. Okay, if Oprah can't do both, come on now. You have to decide, like, if you're paying a three, four hundred dollar car payment and then another two, three hundred in um in insurance and then you're only making not only, but you're making twenty five hundred dollars a month. So you, you just can't have all things. You have to make a choice. So living simply is one of the ways that I'm able to travel the world because I have put travel over me having like a super fancy car. So yeah. that's number number one. Living simply. 
Yeah. Like I like I live even though I earn like three times as much as I earned when I first moved to New York, I still live basically the same. Exactly. Like, I've improved some things like I bought a nice bed for mm-hmm. my quality of life. <laughs> like, <laughs> I bought I buy more than one pair of shoes a year. I bought some snow boots that are waterproof. Um, but yeah, I really try and keep my like you try and avoid lifestyle inflation. Exactly. I've seen so many friends when they get a they get a new raise or they get like a little bump at work or a bonus and they're like, Oh man, I'm rolling in dough. I'm gonna like I'm gonna start ordering seamless every night. I'm gonna go on this vacation, yeah. I'm gonna take my friends out to the bar and that money is gone. And yes. then your expenses are higher and you're like, Where did that raise go? And then that's when you start the hamster wheel. You got to keep earning more and earning more. Exactly. Like, got to get the fancy car. Got to get the better house. Got to get the bigger iPhone. You have to stop. Like, just freeze when you get a raise. Freeze. Exactly. And that's what leads us to number number two for me, which is really just look for the discounts. I remember I was talking to these college kids, and I was telling them I was bragging about some trip I'd been on. I was like, oh, and I only pay, you know, flight, hotel, all-inclusive, like, seven days, whatever it was. I think it was, like, Jamaica. I paid $600. And they were like what but you said you make good money i'm like i do they're like well what does it matter what you paid and i'm like well if i pay twelve hundred dollars for a trip that i could have gotten for six hundred dollars then that's less money for the next trip like just because you make a whole lot of money doesn't mean you should spend it wastefully you know so find the discounts there's always discounts like call and ask you you know you never know you might find out that the job that you work with has um you know has gives discounts based upon like if you have like I know Sprint does this a lot. They partner with different organizations and they will give you like oh fifteen percent off your phone bill if you're an Uber driver, for example. Mm-hmm. I mean, you designate like the same way I do. You designate a you earmark a bit of your savings every month toward travel. Yeah, like, that's the so, one thing that you like to do. Yeah, so that's like number three. I allocate, so I live by allocations. Like it's su- it's to the point where now Superman will be like, when I get paid, he's like, "Did you do your allocations?" So here are my allocations, right? For retirement and investing for wealth, I set aside twenty percent of my total income. So if I get a hundred dollars, twenty dollars goes for retirement and investing for wealth. Those are two separate things. Retirement is to maintain the life I have now. Investing for wealth is to increase the life, you know, that I have now, my standard of living. Twenty um, percent goes for taxes. Because this is like my accountant, he told me, like, you know, if you set aside 20% of your total income, then that should be enough. And I pay my taxes, like, quarterly. 5% I set aside for debt. I still have student loans from when I got my master's. I paid off my undergrad loans, but these masters, honey, the masters. (laughs) 10% I donate. I really believe in giving back. So whatever, like, sometimes it's a person. Sometimes it's an organization. It could be a cause so I set aside 10% of my income to give back 5% I put in an emergency fund um, 5% I set aside for travel and that leaves me at the end with 35% of my total income for life and business spending and so I don't always hit those allocations like no matter what I tell myself I have to set aside for retirement I have to set aside for taxes and I have to donate everything else is kind of like okay if I get to it I get to it so, but those are things I always set aside for. But my ideal allocations are that 20% retirement, investing, 20% taxes, 10% donate, 5% debt, 5% emergency fund, 5% travel, and the rest 35% for life and business. And so when I posted it, people were like, ooh. Now, the caveat is that this is my percentage. And I just started doing these percentages this year. You have to ask yourself, 
what they would look like for you, you might not travel might not be a huge deal for you. So you're just like, you know what? I'm actually not going to set aside 5% for travel. Maybe it's 5% for clothes. You might not have any debt. So you don't have to set aside a percentage for debt, you know? Right. Um, and I, we should put that budget up on the on the Tumblr. Okay. I would say for that. It would be really cool for people to look at. Yeah. So, if, I mean, honestly, it's just about – and that's how I'm able to, like, you know, because you know, Mandy, you know, living this – you live in New York. So if you want to kind of, like, enjoy life – I think people think like budgets tell them no. And I'm like, man, my budget tells me, hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, my favorite every payday, my favorite thing to do, the first thing I check is my savings account. Mm. And I automate, this is different for you because obviously you run your own business. And so it it takes even a lot more willpower on your part because you are paying yourself and you have to have even more self-control over what you spend. Um, But for me, the biggest uh, breakthrough or the biggest – ally for me and my spending is auto pay and Mm -hmm. auto uh, sorry direct deposit I should say where I automatically when I get paid more than 50% of my income goes in some sort of savings whether it's for my retirement or um, you know future travel or my emergency fund I'm saving up to buy a house one day and I have money going along and that money is completely out like it doesn't even touch my checking account. In fact, I have it in a savings account that is not easy for me to access. I don't have an ATM card for it. I cannot. It would take me a few days to transfer it if I wanted it. Um, and that's been huge for me. And it's been a huge way for me to just like not even miss it. And you think that you can't survive. Like I, my budget, like legitimately, all I have to spend every pay period is $500. Mm. That's food. That's entertainment. That's if I want to buy a new pair of shoes or like if I need to go travel for the holidays, that's the money I have to spend. And it's really challenging. It's like what I was making in, in, in college, basically. Let me hold something. <laughs> <laughs> what is that a lot? <laughs> One of my friend always says that whenever I'm like, oh, I got paid today or I got a check today. She's always like, let me hold something. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's dope, though. But it's like, because so like you said, Telling yourself no really means telling yourself yes to other aspects mm-hmm. of your life. I think people, it's like a mindset really issue. It's like, oh man, I have less. That's just not true. You know, my friends would tease me and call me cheap back in the day. But then I'm like, yeah, I just spent my birthday in the Bahamas, you know? And before that, I was, I forgot. I mean, last year for my birthday, I was in, I spent it in Greece and Turkey. And then before that, I was in Morocco and Spain. And so that's not a no life. That's a yes life by telling the things that don't matter to me, nah, I don't really need it, you know? You have to be clear about what you're saving for. Exactly. I went through a period where I had saving, I had seven different savings accounts and I don't have that many anymore. I've kind of like simplified things, but like I named each of them a different thing. Yes. Laptop. I need to do laptop. Uh, Costa Rica trip. I needed to go on a vacation. Ended up being Puerto Rico, not Costa Rica, but you know, the idea was there. Um <laughs> You know, like trip home for the holidays, holiday spending. That's what I needed. That like putting an image and a yes. name to what you're saving for. That is what because then it's harder for you to take money out of your like grandma's Christmas present. Exactly. You know, and then, fun. too, like you said, if you can actually name. So I suggest to people like Mandy um, said that I would suggest you go. There's this great website me and Mandy both love called magnifymoney.com. And if you go to Magnify Money, you can kind of like peruse kind of what kind of online only banks there are and look for savings accounts there. So there's a bunch of like online only banks. Like there's like Ally and like Capital One, 360, 360. and GE Capital and a whole bunch. So you can peruse and kind of go through and look to see, you know, how they're rated. And you're going to look for free savings. And I think most savings are free, but 
every once in a while you might find one that charges a fee, but FDIC insured, free, and you want to look for a savings that gives you the highest interest. You know, you earn the highest amount of money on your money. And then you open up. It's critical that's online only, meaning there's no physical location. Because one, what that means is they don't have the overhead as a regular bank, so they're going to pass that savings on to you. And then two, it makes your money inconvenient, and inconvenient money gets saved. Here's how. You're at Target, which is my favorite place to waste away my life and money. Um, Target just makes you like, it makes you happy to be broke. You're like, I'm so broke. Target took all my money, and you're still smiling. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So you're at Target. You see something really cute, and you really want it. You look at your checking account on your phone, and your checking account says, nope. You look at your savings account on your phone, and your, your savings account says, yes. And if it's at a regular bank then you could transfer easily from your checking, from your savings to your checking and spend that money, you know? But if it's at an online only bank, it takes like two to five business days to transfer your money from your savings account at the online only bank back to your checking account at your regular bank. So unless you plan on sleeping at Target for two to five business days, you're not getting that outfit or dress or whatever. Yep. So that's one of the ways that, like, honestly, that has helped significantly. Because I'm not super disciplined. People think, like, oh, you're so disciplined. No. I just know how to throw up those, like, barriers for myself. Like, oh. You know your weaknesses. Exactly. Like, oh, I can't get to my money. Oh, never mind. I'll leave it, you know? And that is why I unsubscribe from Gap's email list and Jay yeah. Crew's email list. All those retail. Oh, my God. And secretly, my sister was complaining about <laughs> – I love my sister. But she was complaining about, like, getting all these, you know, like, being drawn in by these email offers from this one retailer she loved. And I snuck into her email and unsubscribed her. Ooh. I was like, I'm going to save you all this trouble. <laughs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> so she stopped shopping there. Out of sight, out of mind. Yes. I'm a little controlling, though. <laughs> I'm just trying to help. Anyway, yeah, I think lifestyle inflation is very toxic and you have to, yeah, you have to uh, keep, stay realistic and, 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 and think small with, with your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to run or leap before you crawl. That's really mm-hmm. corny. But like be slow. Just because you get a raise, like the average person only gets 3% raise each year. Exactly. That is not like Magic Johnson money. Like you're not the car. No, that's not paying for a new car. Exactly. People, I've actually seen people be like, oh, I'll figure it out. I'm like, you know, math is universal, right? <laughs> like, I've had people be like, oh, I make, you know, $1,000 a month and my car note is 800 You're like, so I guess you're not eating or sleeping anywhere? No, I'll figure it out. No, you're not going to figure it out. Like, there's no, if you make 1000 and you're paying 800 towards your car, that's 200 left over for rent, food, toiletries, groceries, just everything. It's just not possible. You know, and yeah, I just wish that people just really trusted in the science of of mathematics and mm-hmm. stuck to the fact that, you know, one plus one, you know, equals two. And, you know, if you don't make enough, it's not going to magically come up. The only time that I've seen magic money magically work, this is the only instance that money will magically work for you is when you have a kid. <laughs> That's the only way that I've seen people say, I don't know how I was able to do it, but somehow we, could, we couldn't afford our life before, but now we have a baby and somehow the baby is still eating. You know? Because right. that's, <laughs> that's a human life at stake. Exactly. That's the only time I see like it somehow make it way. It doesn't make its way for Puerto Rico or the Cayman Islands. Like, no, you don't get that same magic trick for those things. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I get these weird. I get always emails from people saying, you know, like, oh, I make only I make this much, and I need I, these are my expenses, and I just earn less than what I what I have right now. And I'm like, at a certain point, budgeting can only take you so far. You yeah. have to focus on growing your wealth, and yes. you have to be investing your savings. Once you've saved enough for emergencies, you should be investing that in um, an account where you can actually mm-hmm. earn enough to beat inflation, which is going to eat your money up like a little rat or like a little gerbil, you know, you have to prepare yourself in that, that it means investing in an IRA, you know, investing in a savings account that has a little bit of interest, like these online banks we're talking about. Um, And it means earning more. And um, even though it seems counterintuitive, spending money on things that will increase your human capital are very important. Yeah. And when we talk about human capital, it's like Tiffany's master's degree. Um, You know, I wanted to go back uh, and, and earn a certification in financial planning. And that would help me in my professional career. It's a little money out, but it will bring more money in the future. Exactly. And that's an investment worth making, I think. Yes, brown ambition. Let's do the wins. Um, my win this week is what is my win? I don't know, so many awesome things. Um, you go first. I'll do my first. I wanted to call out, I wanted to shout out, um, Ava DuVernay, the extraordinary director of Selma, obviously, award winning, Oscar winning film Selma. They won the Oscar for Best Song, I think. She's on the cover of Elle magazine. Unfortunately, she's not the only cover on Elle magazine. She's like one of eight women, and I think she's one of like two women of color, including Salma Hayek, out of these eight women. But I thought it was really cool because they're all actors and they're all models, and like she is a director. She's literally behind the camera, and they yanked her out. They said, you're amazing. We're putting you on the front cover. And she uses the platform to talk about the need for more diversity in filmmaking. I thought that was awesome. Also, she favorited my tweet on Twitter, and I, like, lost myself. I lost everything. I lost all my cool. I tweeted about the commercial she did for um, the Apple, <gasps> Apple Music with Taraji and with um, – what's her face? Scandal? <laughs> yes. Yeah, Olivia Pope. No. Oh, my God. Um, Carrie Washington, yes. yes. And uh, Mary J. Blige. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Olivia. <laughs> No, so that, that was awesome. Favorited your tweet. Oh my god, I would have favorited her favoriting my tweet. I may have took. I may have taken a screenshot. <laughs> I'm trying to think. So I had one, but I did. I think this is gonna be a win. I don't know. It's not super brown, but it's kind of. So there's this woman who started this nonprofit called the Birthday uh, the Birthday Party Project, where she, I guess, she was having a baby, her first baby, and planning its uh, her baby's birthday party and I don't know how she she's a, a party planner by profession somehow I guess she started volunteering at a homeless shelter or something like that and she realized there were all these kids who never got to experience like what it was like to have a birthday party and she thought you know what you know I know how to plan parties and she began planning birthday parties for children in homeless shelters and the joy on these kids' faces. Like, honestly, it just made me want to just give her all my money because it was just such a... Because, you know, what I find, unfortunately, is I used to do a lot of volunteering with um, the homeless population here in Newark. And what I found was um, that so many times, you know, people focus on just the essentials because I get it. You focus on the essentials because you're like, oh, you need food, shelter, clothing, water. But they forget that, you know, you're homeless, but you're human. Hello. 
And sometimes people forget that because they feel like, well, that's not essential. You don't need that. But I remember volunteering at this church that used to do like game night for homeless folks on like Thursdays. And I thought, I'm like, that seems kind of wasteful until I went and I realized like, because they were trying to like maintain, like not feeling like they were, you know, not human beings, you know? And I just love the fact that she has picked up on this you know, this, I don't know, this project for kids and just the joy in their faces. Cause a lot of their parents, they don't, I mean, obviously their parents don't have it and it's not an essential item. And so it's not something that's provided for these kids. And so the woman, I forget her name, but if you go to the today they did like a whole special or whatever on her. And a lot of these kids are Brown. So it counts. Although the woman who started it is not Brown, but whatever, she's honorary Brown <laughs> because I think this is such an awesome idea and the joy that these kids experience for being made to feel special this one day on their birthday. Yeah, well, that has been it for Brown Ambition. I hope you enjoyed as much as we enjoyed you. You can find us always at brownambition.com. Brownambitionpodcast.com. Brownambitionpodcast.com. <laughs> Close you can enough. find us on <laughs> you can find us at Brown Ambition on Facebook, um, the BA podcast on Twitter. And where can they email us at? Brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com. And next week we're going to be revealing the winners of our Brown Ambition review giveaway, iTunes yeah. review giveaway. And thank you so much to everyone who's been emailing us screenshots of your review. It's awesome. We've, we've gotten your emails. We've gotten your tweets. We've gotten your Facebook comments saying how much you love the show. Mm-hmm. But it really, really would be helpful if you guys left reviews on iTunes. It helps people find us. It helps our show get more visibility in the iTunes store. That'd be awesome if you can leave a review. And then take a quick screenshot. Email us at brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com. And we will be selecting winners of our Brown Ambition giveaway next week on the show. Can't wait. Yay. All right, Tiffany, birthday girl. Yes. I'm about to turn up by turning down. Go make Superman his grilled cheese or whatever (laughs) is on the menu for tonight. (laughs) Dinner is done, but I'm definitely going to make him some some hugs and kisses and snuggles. Oh, gross. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. right. I'll talk to you later. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Hey guys, welcome to the Candy Valentino Show. I'm Candy Valentino. I was a founder before I could legally order a drink. And for more than two and a half decades, I've built, scaled, acquired, and exited multiple businesses in diverse industries. Now my goal is to help you by sharing the knowledge that I've learned, the mistakes that I've made, and the wisdom that I've developed over my journey. Bi-weekly episodes every Monday and Thursday. The Candy Valentino Show, wherever you listen.